Welcome to the Harrington Star FinTech Diversity, Equity and Inclusion Discussions. I want to showcase people across our industry who are advocates for change. I love to celebrate the wins, but we know there is so much more to be done to ensure that change actually happens to build a truly inclusive industry. In these diversity, equity and inclusion discussions, I have a number of series. The Humans of FinTech, the Talent Surgery, the Maternity and Paternity Stories, and the longest running of all, the Women of FinTech podcast series. I do lots of work to drive change campaigns across our industry to increase inclusion within the workplace. So please contact me to see how we can partner together. You can contact me through LinkedIn or on my email, nadia.edwards-dashti at harringtonstar.com. In the meantime, enjoy the show. the recruitment roundup with Toby and Nadia of Harrington Star. This is our one podcast a week where we talk about us and our passion for great recruitment. Five days a week we love to shine a light on the individuals making waves in the world of fintech and on a Sunday we bring you the recruitment roundup. This week I am super excited because we're going to be talking about employee value proposition um, and actually I've had a number of conversations this week with people that wanted us to talk about this in a bit more detail and um, it's something that um, Toby and I feel incredibly passionate about, but also we are having these conversations day in, day out. So we're going to aim today to share some of the real stories that we are seeing within the marketplace and celebrate where people are getting it right, but also how people are learning how to get it right, because we're all on this journey together. We will still be going through um, all our stories around FinTech Focus TV. I'll be sharing some stories around my podcast series, but it will all be tied to EDP. So Toby, I will hand over to you to give us some opening thoughts. Thank you. I think this is one of my, as, as you said earlier on, this is one of my favourite uh, subjects in employee value proposition. And, I, and I'll come on to a couple of the conversations I've had uh, recently as to why as well. Uh, but I think it's really been thrown into the, into the spotlight this week because speaking to a number of the team, and we've just been, you know, had an all hands meeting this morning talking about it, is that, uh, that candidates have become incredibly hard to come by. So, in recruitment, there is very rarely the perfect storm. In, if you look at 2020 in the sort of uh, the spring of last year, the issues were that uh, very few people were hiring and, and the market um, retracted. And, and if anything, people were getting rid of rid of people. So your problem then is, is, is finding companies who are in growth mode and looking to hire and looking to capitalize on the situation, which is tough. Fast forward to today, and there is a, a near 100% increase in hiring activity which you'd think is a great thing, right? So, so um, job flows up, life's good, et cetera, et cetera. But what's happened at the moment is there is still reticence from candidates about moving. So what we're seeing is high demand from customers. And again, a real problem finding good talent on the marketplace. There is plenty of talent. And we're seeing this in, in interviewing and, and hiring ourselves at the moment. There is a lot of people out there on the market who are, who are looking for work but are they the A-grade talent who are really going to be uh, moving the needle for these companies who are looking to get better by hiring? And that makes it very, very competitive. So when we're seeing good candidates, we're seeing candidates who've got three, four different offers on the table and companies who aren't absolutely on point about explaining and displaying their employee value proposition are missing out on the best talent. They might be the best place to work in the world, but if they can't articulate that and they can't show that, they're having real problems 
in enabling themselves to onboard the very best people in the marketplace. So we can talk about some of the things that we've seen of, of companies that are doing well. In terms of fintech-focused TV, we'll be back in March, and I'm quite excited about that, having had a little sabbatical over, uh, over February after three episodes a week for the best part of a year. Uh, in March, the next series will, will come through, and I've been busy interviewing a number of different people uh, over the last couple of weeks for that. Java royalty in the shape of uh, Pete Laurie. Uh, from Chronicle Software was a fascinating conversation about how uh, high-performance Java is, uh, is is developing and, and everything that's going on in their world. A lot more again about collaboration and how that you know the world's changing a little bit more. We spoke on, on, on an EVP subject. We spoke to Steeleye, who were, who were placed high in the Ultimate FinTech Workplace Awards, and talked about their go-to-market strategy, about what makes them a great place to work, and it was. Uh, you know, a lot of talk about fun, a lot of talk about family, a lot of talk about challenge and moving the needle and passion and things there that I think they get absolutely right in how they bring talent into their business. We've got a, a, a debate series with Ascendant Strategy and Baton uh, that I thought was really fascinating as well. Um, talking about, you know, I guess, the movement again of distributed ledger, uh, ledger technology. And uh, I suppose Gary Brown at Debt, at Debt Register about the, the solutions that he's providing at the moment in a in, in, some, in an area where I think there's going to be more and more discussion about people being able to pay and pay on time and how technology again can solve problems in that sort of space. So really, really interesting conversations going live again in, in, uh, in March. And we've got loads and loads of great content to bring to you over that sort of period. Yeah, absolutely. And, and what, I, what I love about our sharing of content is sharing the, the challenges that people are facing, but how they are overcoming those challenges. And I think from your fintech focused TV perspective to my inclusion series, we're always talking about what makes that business great and what it, what it is that they're doing that differentiates them within the marketplace in terms of their products and what they're trying to, what problem they're trying to solve. But also what we're trying to do is get people to talk and really think about what makes them a great place to work. And we've, we've really been open with that in our, in our magazine series and everything that we've been doing with the financial technologist. Um, and I think that there are three key themes that um, have really stood out for me uh, this week when I'm thinking about EVP and employee value proposition. Um, you've mentioned them um, just there when you, when you were explaining it from your point of view, collaboration, inclusion, having a, a really great mission that people can get behind. And I think that just those three words, I want people, people to really just let them sink in and, and actually ask themselves that very basic question, what makes it a great place for you to work? And I think you said it, you said it absolutely correctly, Fab, when you said um, it's about the articulation of that, because we, we have so much exposure to wonderful companies and we love partnering with those companies to help them articulate why they're such a wonderful place to work and why they have such a great mission that people should be a part of. And one of the ones that I wanted just to, to, to raise a bit of awareness towards them was a podcast that I recorded that has been posted this week on the Women of Fintech pod series, um, where I interviewed Erica Gibson, the global head of user research at SumUp. Um, now, SumUp are quite a unique fintech business because they're empowering business owners. And, and when, when I say business owners, I don't mean the big dog business owners. I'm, I mean the people that are merchants out there in the world that are trying to make a living and trying to make a change to people's lives. And they're enabling them to accept card payments in store, in app, online. It's simple. It's secure. They're protected. And this is actually an untapped market within the fintech space. Now, looking at that, 
it is su such an exciting proposition because what, what Erica says is we believe in the everyday hero and we learn from them so we can serve them better. Like imagine being part of that mission. And I think that a lot of the great companies that we partner with, they don't necessarily think about like right back to the beginning, why was this business started? What is it that we actually do and solve? And why is this a really exciting purpose to get behind? And, and for me, this is a real basic one that um, we often forget because we get stuck into the day-to-day -day inner workings of what the job is. I think it's so important that, that people think about mission, they think about purpose. On the collaboration and inclusion point, I want to draw attention to another pod that we posted this week, which was with Monica Gupta, who's the MD of Decimal Factor. Decimal Factor, they're an alternative finance provider and credit broker, uh, fully regulated. And in her podcast series, what she was saying um, was about how they have allowed the challenges of this year to really give them an opportunity to look at how the power of diversity has allowed them to thrive. And they've worked incredibly hard at encouraging collaboration and inclusion and diversity of thought in every challenge that their business here, here is facing. And I think that it's so, so important that when we are now starting to look to hire and grow our teams, that we share these stories, that we make people aware that they weren't just all working from home, but instead everybody's different situation was brought together their, and, and their personal circumstance was taken into consideration. And that was seen as a unique benefit rather than, oh, this is a challenge that we've got to get over. In fact, it was something to celebrate. So I wanted just to highlight those two pods because I think when we start looking at things from an EVP perspective, it's really, really easy to get, uh, and it should be, you know, it's great to get excited about what we can do to really showcase what this marketplace and industry is all about and how we not only attract people from this industry to these new vacancies that we're seeing, but I've, I'm on a massive mission to attract people from outside the industry, like great technologists, great salespeople from outside the fin of fintech or fin of financial services and get them into, into our industry because they want to be a part of our mission, our collaboration, our inclusion. And there's loads of other points that we can talk about in, in a bit more detail around what else makes up a really good EVP. But I thought those were, were three things to really um, to kick us off with. Um, what, what other things have you been seeing in terms of challenges that the marketplace is overcoming? Yeah, look, I think, I think st staying on that theme of, uh, of, of EVP is around that because as I intimated earlier on, every candidate at the moment, every good candidate isn't going to only have one opportunity. They're not only going to have one chance to, to, you know, to, to uh, make a decision on they, the good candidates at the moment are saying, right, there's three, four different opportunities for me to choose one. Which one am I going to go for? Now, historically, and at various stages, I'm going back 20 odd years here, that was a very simple decision about which one's paying me the most. But the market shifted and I don't think it's just about who's going to pay the extra £5,000 or £10,000 or £20,000 that's going to secure that particular candidate. It's going to be who can present the story and the opportunity in the best possible way. Uh, and that's a myriad of different things that are very peculiar and particular to that individual. So that individual will have a, uh, you know, I, I, guess, I guess, a checklist of what they want to, what they're looking for in their next move. And that is highly personal. And what people do quite a lot is say, look, this is why we're great. And it might be something that is completely irrelevant to that particular individual. But they may have three, four other things that they haven't highlighted at that stage 
which are particularly relevant to that individual that just haven't come out through the process. So I think an important and underused skill in interviewing is the ability to really understand the motivators of the person who you are interviewing. What are the things they're really looking for? And I'm not talking about, like, tell me what you're interested in or tell me what you're looking for, but really going into questions beyond the questions that, that give you a, a fair understanding of what this person, who this person is, who they want to be, where they want to go, what's important to them, why it's important to them, and all of these different questions. And that's, that's a craft. That is uh, deep questioning beyond the superficial that isn't just a checklist, but it's things there of really understanding that individual and what's motivating to them. And then once you have that, you're able to present the story to those people about why your business can really stand out and, and, and help them achieve their goals, hopes, their dreams and aspirations. Because this isn't then about who's going to be paying 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 pounds more. It's going to be about this is how it can take me from here in position A all the way down to position Z in my career and how I want to, how I want to get there. It's taking me on that journey. It's taking me on that route, particularly when you're talking to most people who you'll be looking at who still have 10, 15, 20, 30 years of their career still to go. And it is that story that people need to showcase as to how that might be technology and the interesting tech that they're working with. It might be the leadership. It might be the inspirational team. It might be the, uh, uh, you know, the flexibility. It might be all of this myriad of things that knit together to provide this fabric of what this person's hopes, dreams and aspirations are, are, are for. You mentioned it before. I think it's incredibly powerful to give the success stories of other people uh, and to utilize your current team in the process to show how they've developed and where they're coming and what they've done and, and the path they've trodden, which then becomes aspirational and achievable to the people who are then moving into that position. I think it's very important to have points of reference and to use them in that journey as, as part of that, that piece as well. I think it is very, very important at the moment with, with fear of uh, people moving at the moment with probation coming into play about how you can give them that confidence about their career and that longevity of their career because no one wants to leave a position which they've been in for a while to go into something in a, in a volatile period where they could be out of work six months later or within six months of doing that and then you know, potentially be on the scrap, scrap heap because of it. So it's, it's all of these things knitted together that, that, that are so, so important. It's one of the things I just can't get my head around is, is Glassdoor, as I've spoken about on numerous different occasions. Uh, and, and how it has any relevance whatsoever for people. But people will look at that and they will check it out. So how are you managing your glass door? How are you managing your online uh, you know, capability? How is your website depicting the story that you're putting across? And what's the consistency of everyone in the interview process that you're talking about? This, is, this isn't one thing in an EVP. This is, a, as, as, as Baringa called it, a thousand, a thousand silver pellets. It's about doing lots and lots of different things right, from inclusion, through to, to how people are onboarded, through to how they're looked after during that initial process, particularly in a virtual world, how they're made to feel special, how they're made to feel part of the team, how they're made to integrate. And I think Steel Eye, a company I spoke about earlier on, do that, you know, do that brilliantly, despite the fact they've doubled in headcount size from a small team to a medium-sized business. Yeah, and, and most of those people haven't yet met. They're doing a load of different things to, to a load of different people to allow them to, to connect and keep that sort of very strong sense of family that they had from day one uh, within their, you know, within their business. So it's very, very interesting about to, to me about how, how all these things come together. Yeah, and and I love all of that that you said. I mean, for me, it's getting everybody to pause for a moment and think: um, How am I creating an engaged workforce, or do I have a disengaged workforce? And I've spoken about this a lot before. Um, 
I've, I've run a, a talk called Empowered and how you empower yourself in your career. And in my intro of that, I, I talk about how we, we have a huge problem um, within the industry of, of do we have people that are engaged? Because if you have an engaged workforce, your, your staff, your team, your people, they're constantly thinking about the challenges that they're facing and how they can overcome them. And they're excited about those challenges. They're, they're logging in at different times, even in the weekend thinking, oh, how can, I, how can I propel myself forward? How can I start to solve what, whatever the issue is? Because they're, they're thinking and they're constantly thinking about it. And I, and I love being part of helping people grow engaged teams because mm. Again, another thing that we always talk about is the, the real problem that, that we have in technology in general with, with candidates not, not staying within their, within their roles that long. You know, I, I said it a million times before, uh, when I first started in recruitment, your everyday technologist would have been on average in their role for three years. Now, if they hit 13, 14 months, that's the average. Um, mm. So again, you know, there's, there's huge amounts of impact that needs to be taken from getting this EDP and the articulation of it right. And so last week, I, I, posted, a, I posted a poster on LinkedIn called my, my, my Talent Triangle Theorem. And essentially, what, what I talk about in Talent Triangle is when, when you identify talent for your team, it's about how you can invest in, in those people, how you can grow their careers and how they can learn new skills by being with you. And from that, uh, the baseline of recruitment, essentially what I'm saying to people is rather than looking for somebody with A, B, C, D, E, F skills that, that will fit your job perfectly for now, look for somebody with A, C and F skills that you can teach them the other lessons that I didn't just say. Um, <laughs> I can't remember what I just said. Um, but you know that they that they can be taught, they can be invested in, they can grow these skills, they can learn. They feel like, wow, I've been given a chance, I've been given an opportunity in this great company that's collaborative, that's inclusive, that's on a great mission, that's interested in my career, that invests into me, um, and has given me this chance. And someone waking up in the morning. I completely agree with what you said there about understanding people's motivations. Somebody waking up in the morning feeling motivated that, that they have been believed in, they've been given a chance to grow and to learn and to get better. I believe that those people become your, your long-term people that are actually your investors into your business. You know, we often talk about investors as, as these sort of mythical creatures that, that throw some money into a business and off you go and do something about it. But I believe the real investors are the, are the people that turn up to work every day that are propelling your business mm. forward. And we've got, to think, um, we've got to think more about that. So I wanted just to, to draw upon an example that's come up again and again and again. And this, this example is of all the tech companies that have gone to the hub in Dublin. And I really wanted to bring this up because there is something that we're starting to see in Dublin. So as everyone knows, with Brexit, we've seen lots of firms need a trading hub that's, that's in the EU. So, so we've seen lots of companies that were usually um, only based in London or in London and then further afield now open up offices in Amsterdam, Dublin, um, other places. But Dublin has been an incredibly fast growing hub. And what we've seen is an exact replica of what I've just said around the talent triangle in terms of investing in people, growing their careers and learning new skills. Because Dublin didn't necessarily become this new hub because there, there happened to be a million new, new technologists sitting there. A very interesting fact about Dublin is it's apparently the youngest city in all of Europe. Um, is that right? 
yeah, which I think really, really paves the way for opportunity. Um, so you've got a plethora of people who are ready to be, to show off their potential and to be invested in and to be taught new skills. Because if you think about it, if you want an equities analyst in Dublin right now, you're going to have to train that equities analyst up. So you're going to have to give them this talent triangle, invest in their career, teach them something new. Um, help them grow as an individual and I think that that is a really really beautiful example of how companies have decided that they're going to they're going to start building more longer term people into their business by making making that investment and deciding that that is their EVP that they're going to look after people and they're going to teach them things that they never would have been taught before if they weren't part of this business so it takes me back what is your EVP what do you want to stand for and I agree with you Toby what is that individual's motivations and what do they need to hear and see when they are interviewing to make sure that they're going to join you and your business so it's, it's all it's all really really interesting things that i'm we've been talking to people about over the last few months but this week in particular dublin was just high on the agenda so i wanted to bring that in as well what else have you seen happening yeah i think that, that there's, there's, as i say there's been a, a big uptick in terms of uh, hiring volumes and people looking to uh, you know to bring people into their business which is great but as i say brings its challenges with it and i think uh, you know, along, alongside that, one of the, the interesting things, and maybe we can touch on this a little bit next week as well, is, is a, uh, a, a big uptick. And I think we'll see this a lot this year. My, my prediction is a lot more investment in, uh, from investment businesses, uh, a lot more M&A activity uh, would be my prediction from it. There's been a lot of pent up money that's now coming out the other, you know, the other side of this with, the, with the, the government pushing hard, I think, to reopen the economy in, in March, April. And you know, the, the chief economist's analogy of a cord spring in the economy is a very, very interesting fact. And I think there will be, uh, you know, I'm, I'm speaking to numerous companies who are going through extensive due diligence periods at the moment. And I think, you know, it, it's probably taking a month or two longer for, for all of these companies to finally get that money over the line, but, but it is coming. And uh, that's, that's a very, very interesting area because I think that will again increase the hiring where companies are then looking to invest that money and, and invest it into headcount. So that's all interesting. The financial technologists, um, uh, we're starting to see all of the uh, the content coming through for that from the most influential companies. We've got some stunning, stunning businesses who are doing incredible things. We'll be bringing to you a host of those on FinTech Focus TV in the coming months, which I'm very, very excited about. Uh, so a great magazine coming your way at the end, end of March there, uh, listing the most influential FinTechs of 2021 and some great themes when you bunch those companies together and see what they're doing and how they've approached it. Uh, which I find fascinating. And then as a final thing from me, we have a very important day coming up this Sunday, which is obviously the day that this this uh, is released. Sunday will represent 10 years since Harry Sopal joined the business. Um, oh, yeah, so our uh, one of our VPs in, 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 in Harrington Star, he was one of our very first hires. In, in My original partner in crime. Your original partner in crime. So uh, Harry, you know, when you when you talk about EVP, EVP for me is very much about people. And there are certain people that come into your business and come into your life who become very much part of the DNA, part of the lifeblood. Someone, you know, people there who are very, very important to, to the uh, the whole culture of the business. And and uh, I've now worked with Harry, with Harry for well, it will be 14 years in early April um, that we we first uh, started together because the year my uh, my son, the, the 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 week my son was born. I was also introduced to Harry Sopal, so obviously fate there within it as well. 
So uh, 10 years of Harry Sopar, the Harry of Harrington star um, <laughs> in, in, in all shapes and delighted to do that. Uh, now, is anything you want to, to, uh, to finish up on? Yeah, so I think my last point would be around some feedback I've got from the sales community that they are getting loads and loads of meetings, the challenges in the closing. So again, just as we've been talking about EVP, I think it's really, really important just to highlight that, that actually where our sales contingent are talking about lots of new opportunities and we'll tie this into next week as well. We've got to make sure that we're all going out there and when we have a proposition, we're just really clear at articulating that because there's lots of hype, there's lots of excitement. It does feel like right now within the industry, there's, there's so many ideas that are ready to burst out and that coiled spring, 100% I'm, I'm really seeing that. Um, we've got to make sure that we work properly and think about uh, everything, just as we've been saying about the EVP, think about that proposition as well. But, um, but no, it's been um, another great chat. Thank you, Toby. Um, really enjoyed it this week. Nadia, always a pleasure. And thanks to you all for listening. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Um, as always, we ask for nothing other than you passing the pod on, spreading the word. Uh, we want to get this out to as many people as possible not just our musings on a Sunday, but uh, the, the great conversations we're having with the uh, innovators and change makers in the financial technology space. So please do like, share, give us a review. Every bit of help that you can give us on that just spreads it to another person and can uh, increase the message. We're here to connect the community. We're here to grow brands. We're here to grow teams. We're here to grow networks and everything you can do that allows us to keep on sharing that, that message uh, really helps. So we truly appreciate you listening. We truly appreciate your help in passing the pod on and thank you for listening. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Thanks a lot. Thanks.